Okay, Boker Tov. Good morning, everybody. Today's July 3rd. Daf Mem Het, right? We stopped. Let's see where we stopped. I don't even know where we stopped. Mm. Ah, okay, we do. Uh, on Mem Het, we stopped somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, about 10 lines down from the top of the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just had a. We just had a uh, we had a machloket between the Bilhanan and Shlakish. Is Kenyan Peroki Kenyan Aguf, yes or no? Right? And then. Uh, we had it again regarding the other door, Joe. Pull the other one. Yeah, we had the, we had it again regarding um, Shemitah. If a guy sells his field, right, in the uh, when Shemitah is noheg, right, Machloket can good. Uh, do you bring the Bikurim or not? Okay, so that's where we are. Yalla Tashma. We're trying to figure out about Kenyan Perok, Kenyan Aguf or not. Okay, and the last thing we brought was uh, when you sell your field. Right when Yovel is no heg, do you bring the Bikurim and say the Pesukim that you're supposed to? Because at the end of the day, when you bought that field, it isn't yours; it's going back. Right, so that's the whole point. Good. says yes. said no. Tashima. ilan Okay, you bought a tree with the ground around it. Again. So, so you tell me, means I was able to acquire this land, and the assumption right now is that Yovel is no heg, and therefore proof for the Biyah Hanan that Kenyan Perot is Kenyan Aguf, because it says you're going to, you're going to bring the fruits and read the Psukim of the Bikurim. I agree that the Baraita says you bring it and read it, but you don't. You have a proof that this is happening while Yovel is in force. I can tell you that this is a um, the ruling when Yovel is not in force. When the land is sold permanently, okay, fine, and therefore no proof. Tashima, we'll try again. Hakoneh shnei ilanot betoch sadeo shel chaviro, mevi ve'eno kore. Ha shlosha mevi ve'kore. Okay, this baraita says someone who buys two trees in his fence field, right? He would bring the bikurim and he does not read the psukim. But that infers that if I had brought, if I had bought three rather than two, I would read. Right, I would re- bring the bikurim and read the psukim, and again, that then must be that kinyan perot is kinyan aguf. Rambam says no. Achanami again bismansh and hayovel no hey. You have no proof that this is talking about when yovel is enforced again, and therefore if yovel is not enforced, the sale is permanent, and that's why you bring the psukim and you bring the bikurim and you say the psukim. No proof. Okay, keep going. Behashda de amar of hisda machloket biyovel sheni okay so the Gemara says like this now listen we have a statement that Rav Chizda qualifies this Mahlok between Yohanan and Rish Lakish and he says well it depends are you talking about the first Yovel in history or later ones because the first Yovel in history Right where they were the first time ever going to return pro- uh, land that was sold, the people weren't so sure that that was actually going to happen, because it hadn't happened yet. Like, really, we're going to give back the land? They didn't know, and therefore, when they sold it, they sold it really with the intention that potentially this was really forever. After the first yovel, when they saw that they actually were returning the lands back and forth, so people realized when I when I sold something, it's eventually going to come back to me. But the first time around, it was up in the air. I didn't know really, and therefore. Potentially, now that, that, that this is Rav Chizda's statement that the Mahloket is really about Yovel Sheni. Is Kenyan Perot Kenyan Aguf or not? Beyovel Rishon, Divreha Kol Mevi Vekore. Everyone, before the first Yovel was in force, everyone says you would bring the, the Bekurim and read the Psukim because 
they really thought the potential use was a real sale forever. And ever the person buying it thought he was keeping it forever. The person selling it thought he was selling it forever. And therefore, everyone says that that, pinyan, that kinyan was kinyan goof. And therefore, the mahluk is only going forward. And therefore, and I could say, la kashia, I don't have a contradiction at all. You could say that, the, you know, one is talking about the earlier, yovel, uh, the first yovel, one is other yovels. Good. At the end of the day, we don't have a, a bottom line yet. So the one I want to say, lema ketana'eh. Let's shall we say this mahluket right is the same mahluket that earlier rabbis the tatanaim actually had this mahluket about kinyan perot is kinyan aguf yes or no and we're going to try to set up a mahluket tanaim to match with here we go I bought a field from my father okay and then I declared it kadosh to beta mikdash met aviv. Then his father passed away, and he actually inherited the field that he had bought, right? So it was like, uh, yeah, right? right? He, it was his father's. He paid for it, so now he ought, he bought it. Then he was makdisha to Beit Hamikdash, and then his father died, and he inherited it, and now he's supposed to technically redeem it, right? The, so, okay. So he says, what happens now? Okay. How do we know that we treat this field like a Sadeh Ahuzah, which is an inherited field? Right? Talmud Lomar, im etzdeh miknato asher lo misdeh Ahuzato. So I'm going to read you the Pasuk, and, and then we're going to read the Rashi, because we need a little background information. We need to know what the redemption process is when it's a Sadeh Ahuzah. When I, when I declare an ancestral field, Kadosh Tevet HaMikdash, what happens? How does redemption happen? Can I redeem it? What happens if I don't redeem it? So let, let's read the Rashi first, and it gives a little background. The Rashi says, Kitana'e, first of all, Kenyan Perot I, Kenyan Haguf Dame Olo, like I mentioned, that we're trying to set up this Lakish, like some Tana'im, this Mishnah. Sde'a Huzara, she says, Im Hikdisha, Velo Ge'ala Kodem Hayovel, Umechara Gizbar Laacher, Ena Nigelet Od. So a person is makdish the field and he didn't redeem it prior to Yovel. Okay? And in that in that time the Gizbar sold it, okay, to someone else. Okay? There's no more you can't redeem it anymore. And now when Yovel comes and the purchaser who bought it from the Beit HaMikdash has to return it, he returns it to the Beit HaMikdash. It doesn't go back to the person who was Makdish the field originally. It goes to the Kohanim. They get to keep it. That's what it says. Now, is not is a field that I purchased. Okay, and purchase somebody's field. It's not my ancestral field. I bought it from somebody. It might have been, it might have been his ancestral field, but I bought it from him now. Okay. I redeemed it. And I didn't, I did not, uh, I'm sorry, I was Makdish and I did not redeem it. And then the <clears throat> trample treasurer sold that field. Okay, so there's a distinction going on between the person who is Makdish, his ancestral field, versus the person who's Makdish, a field that he bought. So if I'm, I bought, I went to one of my friends, my friend, I know he needs money, he has a family field, family plot. I said, listen, I'll buy the field from you. 
So I bought the field from him, and he you knows that any avail comes back. So that's what happens. That's how it works, right? And what happens? Now it's in my possession, and I'm Makdisha to Beta Mikdash, which I'm allowed to do. I was going to own it for the next 37 years till Yovel comes, and I do that. I give it to Beta Mikdash. Beta Mikdash sells it. You get the income. Comes year 37 now. 37 years later, what happens to it? If I don't, I could, if I wanted to, I could redeem it back to Beta Mikdash, keep it till Yovel, and give it back to him. But if I don't do that, and Beta Mikdash sold it to somebody else, that somebody else has to give it back when Yovel comes. Who does he give it to? The guy I bought it from, the original owner. Goes back to him. Great. Because why? It was a Sadeh Mikneh that was, that was Mekudash. It was something that I purchased and I was Makdisha. What if I just decided I want to be Makdish, my ancestral field, without selling it at all? I, I call Kadosh and it goes to Beit Mikdash. Good. And now I don't redeem it and the, they, they sell it. When Yovel comes back, Beit Mikdash sells it. When Yovel comes, it doesn't come back to me. You didn't redeem your ancestral field? Shalom Aleichem. Your veil comes, it goes to the Kwanim. That's the rule. So, no, because it was your was your Sadeh Ahuzah, your ancestral field, you're supposed to redeem it. If you don't redeem it, it goes back to the Kwanim in your veil, not back to you anymore. You lost it. So now, so now go back to, well, good, but now we'll go back to our scenario. This field is actually a Mikne and Ahuzah. I bought the field from my father. That's Mikne. And then I inherited it afterwards. So now how do I treat this? Is it Sadeh Mikne or Sadeh Ahuza? Right? So now that we have the background now, let's go back. Because remember, we're trying to... What? That definitely can happen. Of course it can happen. It definitely can happen. Yeah, it absolutely can happen. 100% can happen. The question now, who gets to the field? What happens now? Whether it's considered... Ahuza or Mikne. Right. Right, that's correct. That's correct. When I bought it originally, I was already... The one of the inheritors. It was going to come to me eventually. Right. So, am I? Am, is it a Hawza or is it Mikneh? And then we have to know how to treat the field. And based on how this ruling really comes out, we're going to fit it back into is Kinyan Perot, Kinyan Aguf, or not. That's where this is all going. Uh-huh. Now we have all the pieces of the puzzle. Let's read the Gemana. You ready? Gemana says, I bought a field for my father, and I was Makdisha to Bet HaMikdash, Ve'achakach Met Aviv. And then his father passed away, and he became the inheritor. So it was a Mekneh field that now is now a Hawza field, but it's not in my possession because I was already Makdish. I was Mekneh, Makdish, and then inherit. We treat, how do I know that I treat this field like a Sadeh Ahuza, even though he bought it first? We treat it as if it is his ancestral field that he was Makdish, and if he doesn't redeem it, it isn't coming back in Yovel. Tamud Lomar, im etzdemiknato asher lo misde ahuzato. Pasuk. I read you the whole pasuk. It says, im etzdemiknato asher lo misde ahuzato yagdish Hashem. Now, why do I need that piece of the pasuk that says, asher lo misde ahuzato? Just tell me, im etzdemiknato. Once you tell me it's a field that I've purchased, and then you're saying, it's a field that you purchased that's not one of your ancestral fields. Oh. That's clearly not the case we're discussing right now, because the one that I purchased was one of my ancestral fields, right? So he says, which means what? Right? says, I clearly would treat this pasuk, this I'm sorry, this field as a ancestral field, because the pasuk that tells you what to do with is all right. 
So he says, because when it tells me of mikne, it tells me a mikne that's not your ahuzah. But this is potentially my ahuzah, and therefore, says the biuda, if he doesn't redeem this field, he's going to lose it. Okay? The bishimon, the bimir omrim, omrim, minayin lokeach sadeh me'aviv. Umet aviv ve'achar kach hikdisha. Okay? I think that's how you read it, yeah. That's why it's omer. I have a very big Shimon. Ah, Mechila, you're right. He says, how do I know a person who buys a field from his father? Umet, his father passed away. Okay, notice this is the opposite order though. Right? Before, the order was, uh, yeah, first I bought it, then I was Makdish, then the father died. Oh, then over here, this, right now. I, I knew, I thought, I saw, I saw you, I saw you in the... Okay, bring him a book. I didn't know you were doing it. Always after, oh, no, after, before 6.30, we have the, 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 the um, business halacha place. Daf is always after the fir- the earliest minyan of the day. That's our schedule of summer. Whatever time the earliest is, the one after, right after that is the daf place. I'm going to do it on the take now. Okay, so we're only halfway down the page. You can join us. Okay, good. Okay, so... Okay. You can see it. Yeah, give him mine and give me this one. Give him no, this. No, 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 I'll go get No, 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 take this. Take, don't worry. It's okay, it's upset. Give him this one, no, give me no, that one. No, I'm not doing don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. That's the same same words, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he says. I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm good, I'm good. So now, remember, what, what the order before was, the order before was, the guy bought the field from his father, then he was Makdish, then the father passed away. Okay, and in that one we said that the field is treated like a sde ahuzah. Now, Rabbi Meir comes along and says, if the guy purchased the field from his father, then his father passed away, then he's makdish. Right? Minayin shetehel fanav kisde ahuzah. That I would treat like a sde ahuzah. Tamud lomar, the pasuk we just discussed. Im et sde miknato asher lo misde ahuzato. Sadeh she'eno, right? She'ena sadeh ahuzah, yatztazo she'hi sadeh ahuzato. Right? Ahuzah, the period. So now, what happens? Rabbi Meir is saying, no, no, no. You know what happened over here? You first bought the field from your father, then the father passed away. So at, when you bought it, it was a sadeh mekneh. When your father passed away, that turned it into a sadeh ahuzah, right? And then you're makdish. That's the one that you better, that we're going to treat that as a sadeh ahuzah. You with me so far? Mm-hmm. Only when you were turned into an Ahuzah first, then you were Makdish. The first two opinions of the Bihuda Rabbi Shimon says, no, 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 no. It was Ra'ui to be a Sadeh Ahuzah. That's enough already to treat it like a Sadeh Ahuzah. The Bihuda says, it's not Ra'ui, it's no. It has to be a Sadeh Ahuzah first. Then you were Makdish. Okay? Now, the Ilu, the Bihuda Rabbi Shimon, Right, the Gemara spells it out for us. According to the first opinion, met aviv ve'achar kachik disha lo tzrich akra. What? I bought it, then I inherited it, and then I was mekdish. I don't need a pasuk to call that sadeh Of course, that's sadeh huzah. I inherited it already, right? So, and therefore, they don't need a pasuk for that. They would, they of course agree that that is sadeh huzah. 
that we treat that that way. Okay. So the bottom line now, Gemara wants to know is what are they arguing about? Like, where, where's the point of contention? I see the outcome of their machloket. I know where, but why? What are they arguing about? Right. So the Gemara says, My love, savar kinyan perot kinyan haguf dami ubeha bemitat aviv hu delo yarit velo midi vehilkach. Met Aviv What is the Bimir holding? He holds Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Aguf. So when he when he purchased the field from his father, even though technically he was gonna go back in Yovel if his father was still alive because it was a purchase, right? So that's Kinyan Perot. Then the father passed away before Yovel came, and what did he inherit according to the Bimir? Nothing. Zero. He already had. The property, why? Because Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Aguf. So when the father passed away, he didn't inherit anything else. He already had whatever he was, whatever he got now, he already had from before, because he had bought it already. Okay? So he says like this When his father passed away, he inherited zero. And therefore, what? Hilkach met Aviv because therefore, because of that, since his father, when his father passed away, and then he was makdish, right? That's why I need a pasuk to call that sadeh Why? Because the fact that you inherited it didn't turn it into a sadeh for you yet. Why not? You already owned it from before. You bought it. When you, when the father passed away, we don't switch that from a purchase into an inheritance. You didn't you didn't inherit anything. You already had whatever you got. So that's not inheritance. It was a purchase. So how would it? When so, would it be called as sadeh It wouldn't. That's why he says I need a pasuk that calls it sadeh ahuza sadeh miknato asher lo misde ahuzato. No, but now just in general, this yeah. guy yeah. at some point, in other words, if the when the next year veil comes. We, this is going to be a sadeh He gets it back. According to the Bimir, yeah. I would get this field back. It's because, a mikneh. Yeah. He gets it back. Comes back to him. No, an achuzah comes back, not a mikneh. I understand. Uh, what, why? It's coming back to him, according to the Bimir. Why? It's a mikneh that goes back to the original owner. Who's that? No. The guy that bought it. His father. But I inherited it. I inherited it. I get it. It goes back to my father, so and then I get it back. That after I inherit it, when it comes back. No, when the Yovel comes. When when the Yovel arrives, right? So the Bimi'ir says, okay, well, this is the Mikneh. It's not the Ahuzah, right? So the Mikneh goes back to the person who sold it. Who sold it? Who is that? Your father. You inherited it from him. Now it's yours. Now it's the Ahuzah. So you get it back. One problem here. You, yeah. You're assuming there's no siblings. That's exactly true. 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 Doesn't make sense. That's it's a whole big hole here. Therefore, he doesn't. He doesn't. Does not have to redeem it. Say again. Therefore, he doesn't. Does not have to redeem it. He does not have to redeem it because it's coming back to him regardless. According to the Bimeir, according to the Bimeir, this field is coming back. It's not going to the Kohanim. It's Sadimikne. Never became his Ahuza. It can't become your hazat you inherited it. You never inherited it. Why do you not inherit it? Because you already owned it. Why? Because Kenyan Kenyan Perot, Kenyan Aguf. Right? You with me? 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 Yeah, of course. Kenyan Perot is Kenyan Aguf. In order to turn it to the Ahuza, I had to inherit it. It was sold. Bet Mikdash in Yovel, anything that they purchased, they, that they was donated to them, and they sold. If it was not a Sadeh which is not, it was a Mekneh. It goes back to the original owner. The original owner was the father. He passed away. It goes to his son, me. 
the guy who actually bought it. So then it, in your veil, it will flip into its day Until that point in time, it stays stemikne. And therefore, I would not lose this to the Kohanim in court. I get it back. Why? Because Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Aguf. When I bought it from my father the first time, it was Kinyan Perot. It was, I, and therefore, I didn't inherit anything. And therefore, I can't call it the Ahuzah because I already had what I got there. It's not called Ahuzah. It's not an inheritance. That's to be me, his opinion. Good. Okay, and therefore, what, what about the Bishimon and the Bihuda? The Bishimon and the Bishimon, obviously, going to tell you no. But the Bishimon and the Bihuda, Savre, they hold Kinyan Perot, Lav Kinyan Aguftami. They hold that owning the field, right, owning the uh, produce of the land is not owning the land itself. Ubeha, therefore, Bemitat Aviv Hashtahu de Kayarit. When the father passed away, that's when he inherited it. Hilkach, therefore, Met Aviv. If his father passed away and then he inherited, then he was makdishit. I don't need a pasuk. That's automatically a. That's automatically a de'ahuza because he got it from his father. Okay, and therefore, if it's de'ahuza, it goes to the kohanim. If it's de'mikneh, it would come back. In this scenario, where the father passed away first and then I was makdish, of course, it is an inheritance. It's de'ahuza. Why? Because what you bought before was kinyan perot. Kinyan perot's not kinyan aguf. You only own the produce, you don't own the land. Father passed away, oh, now you got the land. If you were Makdish and after that, of course it's the Hauza. I don't need a person to tell me that's the Hauza. You inherited the land from your father. Boom, Mahloket. What? Is Kinyan Perot, Kinyan Aguf, or not? Yes? Okay. Mana says, So the Pasuk can't be talking about a scenario, right, where the father passed away first and then I was Makdish. I don't need a Pasuk, that's Pashut. Must be the Pasuk is talking about a scenario where I was Makdish first and then the father passed away. That's not so Pashut. Good. Okay. Amar of Nahman by Ishaq. Let's see, is this going to hold? You just set up a Mahloket of Kinyan Peroki Kinyan Aguf or not, as Rabbi Yohanan, who held Kinyan Peroki Kinyan Aguf, will be like Rabbi Meir. Resh Lakish, who holds Kinyan Perot Lav Kinyan Aguf, will be like Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yuda. And so far, it seems very nice, nice little package. Yes, the answer could be that it is a machloket tanaim also. Says Rav Nachman by Ishaq Le'olam, I could really tell you, Be'alma kasavre de biyuda ve bishimon, kinyan perot, ki kinyan aguf dami. Ve'hacha de biyuda ve bishimon, kra ashkechu udarosh. Okay? Which means, I could tell you, very nice the way you set it up, but I might... I might be able to explain to you that this is actually the exception to the rule. That really the Bishimon and the Biuda would say everywhere else, Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Aguf. And when I come over here to this Pasuk and I read the Pasuk, there's something's wrong over here. I don't need, it doesn't make sense. I need to make a Dalash over here because, right? If they really hold, God will do it for us, but he says like this Kra Ashkechu Vidarosh. They found the Pasuk and they had to be Doreshit. Why? What was bothering them? Lichtov Rahmana. Means what? Period. Okay? So he says, the Pasuk could have been written in a, in a simpler manner, less words, say the same thing, and therefore there's words in here that need to be, need to be derash. Well, I could have wrote in the Pasuk that what? Im et would have meant what? The field that I purchased that was not from family, family land, ancestral lands. Why do we put in the pasuk, mis de ahuzato? It's a whole extra word. From the field of it. I could have wrote, ashe lo And therefore what? 
They want to say it means a field that's never ra'ui to be your ancestral field. That's what the Pasuk is talking about. Any field that is potentially one of your ancestral fields would not be included in this law. That's how they want to say. Extra in the Pasuk. Fine. And therefore, yeah, I could tell you that really, Be'alma everywhere else, it'd be Yehuda, it'd be Shimon Hold, Kinyan Perot, Kinyan Aguf. But over here, what do you want to do? Gizarata Katuf. Pasuk's got some extra words and we're and therefore, you can't bring a Binyana from here. This is the exception to the rule. Okay? Amar of Yosef, Okay? He says, okay? He says, so really, what, what, so far what we do is deflected the proof over here that it's a machlok atana'im. We don't have, a, we don't have a, a source anymore. We're back to it's just Rabbi Yohanan and Ishlakish arguing at this point. And he says now, if not for the fact that Rabbi Yohanan Right? Said that Kenyan Perot is Kenyan Aguf, he would not have been able to walk into the Beit Midrash. Right? Look at Rashi, what he says. Uh, where's the words here? Kenyan Aguf, Lo Mishkahat. Mahzirim Bayovel. No, not yet. Okay, let's see why. The Amar of Asi Amar of Yohanan. This is what he says. Ha'achin Shehalku, Lekuchoten, Umahzirin Zeba Zeba Yovel. Okay, we've, we've encountered this statement before. Okay? Brothers that inherited. Okay, so what happens? From the Torah, a father passes away. When the father passes away, the inheritance is instantaneous. It's divided among the boys. If there's if there's a bechor, he'll get an extra share. If there's not, they split equally. Everybody gets, and it's automatic. There's nothing to discuss. So great. So the father has three boys. Let's assume, let's make it four. Let's just make the math easy. There's there's four boys all together. There's no bechor. Let's say okay. So the father passes away. Everybody's getting getting 25 percent, 25 percent each. Four boys. Great. I mean, they're going to they, they take the inheritance. There's no bechor because the girl was forced. Yeah. girl was first. She doesn't inherit. There's four boys, 25% each. Great. Now, which 25% is mine and which 25% is yours? Uh, he's got a field here. He's got a field here. He's got a field here. He's got a house in Brooklyn. He's got a house in Deal. He's got an apartment in Florida. He's got money in the bank. So the money's easy. 25, 25, 25. What do you do with the properties? How do we divide that? What about tangible objects? How do we divide that? Ha'achim shehalku. The brothers that divided the estate. I like Brooklyn. I want to live in Brooklyn. Okay, you take Brooklyn. I like the. Okay, you take the deal. It says Ha'achim Shechalku. They divided the estate. Lekuchotim. We treat them like purchasers. Umachzirin zelazebayovel. When Yovel comes, goes back into the pot. We redivide again. We're purchasers from each other. Okay, that's that's the Biyohanan statement. Okay, Ha'achin We treat them like purchasers. Mahzirin Now, now the isalka da'atach lav kinyan haguf dame lo mishkahat demaiti bikurim ela behad bar. Behad bar had ad Yoshua bin Nun. Masbut, 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 masbut. Right, right. Because what? If you want to tell me that, again, so he's treating them like purchasers, correct? Which means if he, if he says, if he doesn't say, Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Aguf, so he does not hold that way. <clears throat> Which means what? That what? where is it possible to bring Bikurim? The only way possible to bring Bikurim in later generations is to have the son one father after son father after son where they have only one son there's no other brothers right all the way back to Yoshua bin Nun because everybody else is a purchaser if you tell me I'm a purchaser it's impossible right everyone else is a purchaser from his brother and you tell me if, if Kinyan Perot is not Kinyan Aguf so I don't own the land so how can I bring Bikurim I can't bring Bikurim I'm not the owner 
because I purchased it for my brother and he purchased for me. And none of us are really own the land because we don't. We only own the perot. We don't own the land because it's going to come back in your veil. It's going to go back again. And therefore, the only way to be able to bring Bikurim and say, the Adamash and Atatali is to have one son, father, one father, one son, all the way back to Yoshua. It's impossible. It's impossible. So then Bikurim doesn't exist. So it's impossible. And therefore, says, right? that's why he wouldn't be able to show his face to the Beit Midrash. If he doesn't hold Kinyan Perot, Kinyan Aguf, got a big problem. Okay? That's what he says. Behad Barhad Ad Yoshua bin Nun. Amarava, not so fast. Amarava, kra umatnita misayel l'resh lakish. Says, well, I hear it, logically what you're saying, according to Rabbi Yohanan, makes sense, but I have a pasuk and a baraita that's going to support the lakish who said that Kenyan Perot is not Kenyan Aguf. Okay? Hey, where? He says, kra, where's the pasuk? As follows. Bemispar shene tevuot yimacher lach. Okay? Yimkor or yimacher? Yimkor? Yimkor, 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 Yimkor. Bemispar shanim ahari ovel tekne meet amitecha. Bemispar shene tivuot Yimkor lach. Kaka zeh pasuk. Yavai krach kafe pasuk tervav. Yimkor. Okay. So what does it say over there? Now I'm selling the field, right? So what's the price of the field? So we know it's going back in Yovel. So now it depends. I'm going to sell my friend, right? The amount of years produce. Until your veil. So whatever. If your veil's in 50 years, so the price will be higher. If your veil's in two years, the price will be a lot cheaper, right? So the number of, uh, of yields of the field, that's what I'm selling. Okay? So how does that support? He says, Rashi, Right. He says the Pasuk is actually talking about when Yovel is Kayam, Bish'at HaYovel, right? That's what it's talking about. And it says clearly you're selling Mispar Shanim Achar Yovel, right? That's what it's talking about. So Yovel is in force over here. And what do we say? That you're only buying the produce of the land. You're not buying the land itself. So the Pasuk seems to be supporting Lesh Lakish, right? Kinyan Perot is not Kinyan Aguf. You're only buying Mispar Shanet Tivot. The number of yields of the field. Did I buy the field? No. You bought the yield of the field. So that's Kinyan Perot is not Kinyan Aguf. You don't own the field. Pasuk supports Resh Lakish. Okay. What about the Baraita? Matnita de Tanya. Baraita says as follows. Bechor notel pishnaim besadea hozeret ba'aviv ba'yovel. Okay. So the father would get a... Okay. So this needs background information. When we say the Bechor, Bechor is... Um, he gets pishnaim. Okay. Yeah. He gets a double portion. He only gets a double portion in assets that are muhzak in the possession of the father. Things that are not in the possession of the father, that are due to the father, they have accounts receivable. They don't get a double share. They only get things that are in the father's possession. Okay? So what do we do with a field that the father sold off, but's coming back in your veil? Is that called in the father's possession or not? It's not his possession right now, but it's 100% coming back. Right? Accounts receivable may not be 100% coming. Maybe there's discounts, maybe there's yeah. law bed, there's bad debt, there's whatever, things that are not in my possession. But an ancestral field, that's Doraita, that's coming back. So maybe I say it's mine, even though it's not in my possession now, I sold it, but it's coming back in 20 years from now, and the, the, and the Bechor will get a double portion. Or I say, no, 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 no. It has to be physically in the father's possession at the time of death in order to transfer the double portion to the, bro- to the brother, and it's not. Good? So it says like this. The Baraita says, Bechor notel pishnaim besadeh ha'chozeh la'aviv ba'yovel. He gets double. 
even though it's not in his possession right now, we look at it as if it is. Why? It's guarantee of 100% coming back. And therefore, the Bechor will get a double share on that. Okay? Amar Abaye, Naktinan, Baal, Benechse Ishto, Sarich Harsha'a. Velo Amran, Eladelo Nahit Apere. Aval Nahit Apere, Migo de Mishta'e, Dina Apere, Mishta'e Dina Agufa. Okay. So Rashi first about the Bechor, and then I'll tell you what's going on with the, with the Isha. It says like this. Kluma, about the Aviv that he's getting double. Right? If the father is getting it back, that's Pashut. That's the, this is the Rashid that I gave you the background information. That's the Pasuk that tells me that I can only give you a double share of things that I have in my hand. Okay, what about the Baal Be'isha? So he said, Baal Be'isha needs a Harsha'a. What does that mean? It means Harsha'a Me'ishto. Now remember that the Baal, I think who said it last time? Maybe Mr. Ket- Mr. Ketan said that that the husband, when we give this property, of the, she brings property into the, into the marriage, that the, the Gufa Karka belongs to her. And he has the kinyan of the perot, right? The husband gets the perot on the chsemilog, and the woman owns the property. Good? So now, what happens now when I have a fight with somebody about property rights or property, whatever it is? So he says, the, the Baraita says that the Baal needs a harsha'ah, which is basically a uh, power of attorney, okay? He needs a power of attorney from his wife, says Rashi, in baladun im shum adam begufa karka. If somebody's coming to make a claim against the land, that he now has the rights to the perot and he wants to go fight in Betin. He needs power of attorney from his wife. So it shows he's not the owner. Ah, that he's not, that's the, that, okay, that he shows that he's not the, he's not the owner. He has the perot. I need power of attorney to go fight for the rights of the land. I need a power of attorney to do it. It's not mine. It means it's hers. So Kenyan perot is not Kenyan aguf. Again, the baraita that's supporting Rish Lakish, right? So he says, yeah, says Rashi says, If you don't have power of attorney, the guy that's making the claim could say, "Who are you? You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not my claimant. I'm fighting against the person who owns the land. It's not you, right? What? So you say what? The the You're gonna go for finish. Okay, fine. So it says back, Velo Amran qualification back in the Gemara. When do we say that you need this power of attorney? It's only when the husband had not yet taken any of the produce from the land. Aval nahit apere, since the guy. Well, no, sorry, this is the other way around. The the claimant didn't take anything from the didn't take any of the fruits. If he took fruits, then which means, if this guy, let's say now, I, I married my wife last week, and I come to the field now that I'm supposed to be mine, that I want to get the perot, and I see this guy's eating fruits. I would need a power of attorney from my wife to fight for this field. Why? Because I did not yet make any hazaka or possession of the fruits. And therefore, I have to go. But if I had already, let's say, in year three of my marriage, I come now, I've already had my fruits in year one and two, and I see some guys taking fruit from my land, the fact that I can fight him for the fruits automatically, yeah, it gives me the right to also make a claim on the land. It's a migo. Since I can argue on the fruits, I can also argue on the land. I don't need a power of attorney. But at the end of the day, we see clearly over here that according to the Baraita, it seems to be supporting like Lesh Lakish, but the halacha is not. Like Okay, Hadran Allah Sholeh, and we hold that Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Aguf. Okay, and now let's continue in the Baraita. We're going to new Perik, Hanizikin. Okay. Someone who damages, okay? Nizikin is someone who did damage to somebody else. 
שמין להן בעידית. ובעל חוב בבינובית וכתובת אישה בזיבורית. So these are different qualifications of the, the quality of the land. עידית is what we call the best, the highest, most fertile land. בינונית, middle, זיבורית, זבאלה, the worst. Okay, so the lowest level. So we say, somebody comes to damage, Shamin lahem be'idit. Okay, they get the best. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, nizikin. We're coming to evaluate the damages. Ve'govin d'menizkan be'idit. I can collect the amount of the damage that they've done to me from their best lands. Rashi says, She'b'nechseh ha'mahazik. She'noach lo la'adam l'gvot mu'at. What did I say? Mahazik? Mazik. She'b'nechseh mazik. Why do I get idit? We're going to see that, that a person would prefer to take a smaller piece of land that's more fertile as opposed to a larger tract of land that's much less fertile. Right? And, and again, we'll see all this, the fact that we set up different types of categories of damagers to different types of land is a tikkun ha'olam, which the Gemara will explain to me why we did this. There's a reason behind it, obviously, and we'll see what they are. So we say that the damager is idit, balchov is a creditor, this guy took a loan, doesn't have the money, he's coming to collect from the guy who had, and they take from his land, I take Benonit land to collect. The uh, no, the middle level. The middle. Edith is the best. Benonit for the Balchov and the Ketubah of the Isha, when she comes to collect, then we look at the Ketubot. She gets Ziborit, she gets the lowest. Okay, fine. So, Okay, we need to explain that also. I, I did. Oh, sorry. He disagrees because he says, what are you going to tell me? You want the girl to get married? She wants to take Ziborit? She's not going to take Ziborit. No, you want the girls to marry? You want the girls to, to be willingly to get married? Give her Benonit like the Baal She's Her Kitubah is a debt like a Baal anyway. Give her, that's his opinion. Fine. Then the Mishnah continues, it says, So this is things that we need to know. In general, it, it applies all over Shas. Nechasim Meshubadim means I took a loan and I have a lien pre-existing on probably my assets because I took a loan. Benechorim means assets that have no lien against them. So I cannot go now collect from an asset that has a pre-existing lien if there are free assets. Now, time out. When somebody takes a loan, right? So right away, all his assets become encumbered to this loan. But let's say, I, let's say my, my, my assets are $25 million and I took a $2 million loan, right? So very nice. There's plenty of assets behind that that I could still take an additional loan. Good. Now, what happens now that I default on a loan, let's say I have multiple loans, okay? And I still have assets that are, are that have no lien, unencumbered. unencumbered. Those are So the guy defaults on the loan. I can't now go take right one of the fields that does have a loan against it if he's got free assets. I go to the free assets first, even if it's ziborit. I'm a bal, I'm a balchov. I'm supposed to get benonit, right? That's the ruling. What I'm ruling is I get the middle category. What he left unencumbered is his zbalit, his garbage. Tough luck. That's where you go first. Because otherwise I'm going to be damaging someone else's lien. I can't do that. If his lien is pre-existing, yeah. sorry. Okay. Now, there's another part. What happens if I had a lien, I took a loan, and then I sold off the asset? Uh, it was a lien. Okay. They didn't have title insurance like we have now. Right? We have title insurance. Nobody's going to buy something without clear title. But in those days, it was very possible that there was a lien and the asset got sold off. And now I come to collect, and the asset isn't there anymore. It's in somebody else's possession. 
the ruling is if my lien was pre-existing the sale, I take the I take the asset back from the purchaser. I, and now, now okay, and the purchaser the, he goes back to the seller and says now now he's got an issue with the seller. It's his problem. It's not my problem. It's his problem. I had the pre-existing lien. If I can prove it in my loan document that my loan document predates your purchase, I had the lien first. It's my field. I'll see you later. I took not only encumbered, it's actually in someone else's possession. Yeah. I get it first. Okay? So now, so now let's say I, he sold off, he, I take a loan, he sells off his Edit and his Ziborit. I'm sorry, his Edit and his Benonit, and he has only Ziborit left. Okay? So now I come, I'm a Balchob, I'm supposed to get Benonit. I come to the guy, says, but I, want, I want my Benonit. Remember, but the guy, I'm sorry, I sold it. I have only Ziburit. I'm Balchov. I have the right to, to Benonit. Can I go now and take that Benonit away from the guy who bought it if the lend the borrower still has assets? Other assets. Other assets. It's not it's not what I was yeah. entitled to. It's less than what it's not value wise, it might be the same, but I, I'm getting a you know, I'm getting a, a, a less quality land, right? So that's what the Mishnah is saying. Now we have enough information to understand. The Mishnah says like this: En nefraim min nechasim mishubadim bemakom sheyes nechasim benechorin veafilu en ziborit. Okay, you cannot go and take that benonit land from the guy who bought it if there are still assets by the borrower, even if it's a lower quality. Tough luck. Now you get in the lower quality. Okay, En nefraim min nechasim yetomim. Someone's coming to collect now from orphans. The father had owed money, father passed away, the orphans inherited now, and it was a, it was debt that that's owed from the father, and he's coming to collect it. He gets bumped down to the ziburi, to the lower level properties. Okay, so we're not going to give, right, from the uh, assets, okay, we'll see what this is talking about in a second, but the, the father passed away, and we need, we have achilat perot u'shevach karkaot u'mazon ha'isha, so mazon ha'isha v'abanot, that's coming from the father, right, the father passed away, and in the ketubah, it says the wife is supposed to be, um, you know, sustained, right, from the estate, and the daughters as well, and those you can't take that value, that food from the chasim and mishubadim. What's what's the uh, the shevach uh, karkaot and achilat perot? So look at Ashi for a second. Ashi says right across where we are. En motzin achilat perot u'shevach karkaot hagozel sade. Guy steals a field from somebody. Umechara laacher uzeraa v'tzamcha v'asta perot uban nixal v'kaba im perotei amin alokeach ve'enu mishalem alokeach ki im hayetzia. Okay, here's what happened. Guy steals a field. Sells it. Okay, the purchaser doesn't know it was stolen. He plants it, he works it, he does, he invests into the property. Comes the original owner, says, Habibi, very it's nice, mine. it's mine. Okay, you do. So he takes back the field with the perot on it. Okay, so he lost out now the value of the field, which he paid to the harami, to the hasho, right? And all the investments that he's made into the field. So he says, he collects the guf hakarka, the value, the purchase price from the, from the thief, nechasim mishubadim, okay? From anywhere. He gets, he gets first rights on those, okay? But the perot, the, the investment that he put into the land, that's minechasim only from free and unencumbered properties. Okay? Buyer beware. Yeah, say buyer beware. Yeah, buyer beware. Okay, fine. 
Good. Okay, and all that is mipnei tikkun ha'olam, and the Gemara will discuss it for us. Okay, ha'motzeh mitzi'ah lo yishba mipnei tikkun ha'olam, a guy who finds a lost object, okay, and he comes to return it to the um, to the lost to the person who lost it. Takana is as follows: the guy finds a wallet, okay, and he opens it up. It's five hundred dollars in the wallet. He has the name, the license. He calls the guy. I found your wallet. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Can you drop me? Yeah, I'm coming to pick it up. I come. The guy comes, gives the wallet. He says, "Oh, thank you." He opens it up. He's, there's, so, there's supposed to be a thousand in here. It's only five hundred. Oh, so we say. Maybe you tell me, okay, maybe maybe we should let the guy who found the mitzvah swear that when he found it, it was only 500. No. There's no swears. You take the lost object back, because otherwise the guy, no, no one's going to want to return it. No, no, return it. It's not the claim, but I, I, I'll leave you alone. I'll leave it on the floor. No. No swears. Good? Okay, that's the Mishnah. Yeah, a few more lines of Gmanah, and we'll wrap it up for today. Brad says... Yeah. Huh? If, if, no, we don't know that. We don't know. It's potentially possible he took it, but, but, we, but we don't know. If he did take it, if he, for sure, hundred percent theft, hundred percent theft. If he took it, it's hundred percent theft. But we're still not going to make him swear because of the kunal law. Okay, the, that's true. By the way, and, and you're supposed to compensate him if he was was like, like, took missed work or whatever. Some some compensation. The Gemara talks about it when we get to the Rabbah Mitzia. There there is some compensation that, that that he potentially could ask for. But we'll see. Okay. So at the end of the day, let's get a little into the Gemara over here. We have a, again the, obviously the the theme that we've been working on over the last couple of weeks is Tikkun Olam. It's, because it's right. like we're all over the place. We're not in Gitin anymore. We're talking about... Yeah. So we're working on this Tikkun Olam aspect of things, and therefore they're just throwing the kitchen sink at us. Tikkun Olam, Tikkun Olam, Tikkun Olam. Okay. That the yeah, that's the creation is for, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, no, that was the, the creation after, after, after the Chet. Okay. Before was already good. But okay, anyway. Mipre Tikkun Olam. Says Rashi. I'm sorry, the Gemara says. Da'oraitahi. Okay, which means what? Shamin lahin bi'idit. We're going back, right, to the the uh, case of damages. It says first line says hanizakin shamin lahin bi'idit. Has a question. Mepneti kuna olam teoraita he dichtiv metav sadeu or metav karmo yishalem. Clearly, open pasuk says right that 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 ki av er ish sadeu kerem v'shalachet bi'iro ubi'er b'sde'aher metav sadeu metav karmo yishalem. You sent your animal out, right, and it went and it grazed in someone else's field, and now you owe. Well, what do you? It says metav. You pay the best. So it's not a tikkun olam. It's a pasuk in the Torah. What do you mean tikkun olam? Right. So he says. Amar Abaye lo tzricha ela l'Rabbi Ishmael de Amar mid oraita bedinizak shayminan kamashmalan tikun haolam shayminan bedemazik. Okay, whose metav are we talking about? Right. Whose metav? The metav of the damager or the damagee? It's a machloket. Machloket Rabbi Ishmael versus the Chachamim. Okay. So the Bishmael says, right, you understood that it was the damager. The way we understood it. Oh, we're going to make the damager. Damager? It's in the Pasuk. No, no, no. The Bishmael says that that metav karmo is the metav of the person doing the damaging. Not the damager. Damage. Damage, thank you. Right. The one that, the one that got damaged. Look at that. She says, Mi de oraita, shim haita ziborit shal mazik. So now like this. 
Edith and Ziborit and Benonit is a relative item. It's a relative term. One, right. my Ziborit might be your Edith. Right? And my Edith might be your Benonit. I don't know. It's relative. So who, when you say I have to give the best, is it the best of my best or his best? <laughs> Which one is it? Right? Because it doesn't. It's, we were assuming that you know there's a, there's a USDA grade on land, right? That this is called A and this is called B, and everyone's the same. That's not the way. It's not where it works. Not the way it works. I have very fertile land, but my very fertile land that I call very fertile for you is junk. You have ten times better than that. So they're both called edit. So whose edit do we say I have to pay with? I pay your edit, which technically might be my ziburit, and that's what I give you because for you you're getting edit. Or I say, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. The edit of the guy who did the damages, even though it's 20 times better than his edit, that, that's what Torah's telling me I got to do. Mahlokin. So he says, I need this. It's meaning tikkun ha'olam. Now we understand what's going on. Inside says the Gemara, Lord, Tzichael al-Rabi Ishmael, da'amar mid-de'oraita bedenizak shayminan. Okay, according to the one, the Torah, according to Rabbi Ishmael, is the one who got damaged. It's his. And therefore, we, we do the maziks idit, the one who did the damage. Why? Because we want to make sure you're going to be careful. Don't let your animal damage. We're going to make you give your best. You should have watched better. And therefore, we penalize you. That's the tikkun ha'olam. Because okay? according, to, according to Chachamim, you're right. It was always the mazik. There's no tikkun ha'olam. It's a pasuk. But according to Mishmael, it wasn't the mazik. It was the nizak. So we, we flip it around. We made a gizera and upgraded with the That's correct. The that's correct. According to the Bishmael, we up. That's the tikkun ha'olam. We upgraded the. Uh, okay, good. Good. Okay. So it says, Mighty Bishmael. Now that you quoted it, okay, so you might as well give me the, the place where the machloki comes from. So here it is. And we'll finish with this today. The Bishmael says, The Tanya, Metav Sadeo, Metav Karmo, Yishalem. Right? Pasuk that we've quoted before says, Metav Sadeo, Shel Nizak. Metav Karmo, Shel Nizak, Divrei de Bishmael. Okay? Bishmael says it is the, the, the one who got damaged, it's his best. That's what you pay with. Even that, though it might not be your best. If it, it's his best, that's what you pay. Okay? It's for sure the damagers, right, are the ones that are giving their edit. And of course, if a person damaged Hegdesh, which Hegdesh is always Allah El Yonah, they always get the better of the deal. So for sure that you would pay edit to Hegdesh. Okay, we'll stop there today. We'll continue tomorrow. Amen. 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 Amen.